And here we go again for the third time in 2019. Good morning again, Daniel Valdez again. Appreciate you joining me once again, halfway through 2019. Appreciate it so much. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the love, all that fun stuff. Follow me at DanPodValdrez on Instagram. Follow the TexasBands.com Facebook page. Got a lot of fun stuff from our contributors. There are multiple people that have access to the uh, Facebook page at TexasBands.com. So you see, you'll see different things, different things that are shared throughout the season, especially during the DCI season once that gets up and going. By the way, that's about six days away. If you haven't purchased your tickets for the TCI tour premiere in uh, theaters, <clears throat> I suggest you do that. Uh, I will probably end up attending later next week. And if you want to come say hi, by all means, I'll tell you what theater that is and all that stuff. All right. I've wanted to tell this story for a long time. My friends have heard snippets of this, and I'm pretty sure one time after a series of adult beverages, I've regaled them in this tale. And now it's time to share it with the world. A firsthand account of what it was like to participate at the, the 2002 state marching contest. You're probably like, well, what's so important about that? Just because you have went through it doesn't mean it's important. You're absolutely right. What if I told you state 2002 finals was canceled due to inclement weather and poor field conditions? What if I told you that I was kind of directly responsible for getting that whole thing canceled? I'm going to make that make sense in a few minutes. This may be a little bit of a long one. I'll put the bookmarks in there, so if you want to skip around to the juicy parts, especially the big payoff, which will happen pretty soon. Okay. State 2002. November 4th, 2002. That was the exact date. It was a Monday. State back then was held at Floyd Casey Stadium in Waco, Texas. Say it with me. Pause for dramatic effect. And I hope some of you said that out loud. Uh, yeah, it was held there. For, I believe it was held there from 1996 up until 2002. So it was held there for four, five, four, four cycles of the 5A state contest, essentially. Uh, outdoor stadium. Forgot how many seats it is. It doesn't really matter. They tore it down a couple of years ago. Uh, central area. In the state of Texas. So, you know, even people coming out for West Texas, it wasn't, I mean, it's still a long drive because, you know, Texas, but nevertheless, it was a central location. Everybody kind of agreed, hey, that's the best place to have it. My call time, okay, how, I'll give you some context here. And this is a firsthand account, not here to criticize the UIL, not interested in that. Just giving you a firsthand account of what it was like to perform at one of the biggest contests ever during a downpour. I was a drum major at Winston Churchill High School in 2002. Yes, the band program actually let me run around, flap my arms, use every inch of that drum major podium, and try to instill leadership <laughs> in my friends, in my friends' minds, in my colleagues' minds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that happened. We wake up, call time, Monday morning, five, six o'clock in the morning. It's raining in San Antonio. It was basically all along the I-35 corridor. We knew it was going to be raining then. We just didn't know how bad it was going to be. Fine, whatever. It's state. You go out there and perform. I put this on Instagram. Uh, I remember what I took for lunch. Took a turkey breast and ham sandwich from Subway. It was always a six-inch sandwich from Subway. 
For some reason, that was just my thing. Superstition, whatever. Just a tradition that I like to do. Packed my lunch up. I was like, okay, here we go. And I like to sleep. I don't know, like a lot of the kiddos that are listening, I don't know what you like to do on the buses. If you like play games or you watch movies and stuff, I slept most of the time. <laughs> I just wanted sleep. It didn't matter what time I was leaving. It didn't matter what time I was coming home. I slept on the bus. I just needed my, I needed my rest. I was way too intense of a performer back then to, you know, be wasting energy on the bus. Nevertheless, we get on the bus, we start driving to Waco, and of course it takes forever because Waco, and again, there's just rain all over the place. We get to Waco, we get to the warm-up fields. Now, the warm-up fields were around the stadium, um, and that's where most of the tailgating went down for all the Baylor football games. Here's the thing. The fields where you were warming up had very thin grass and below that a lot of dirt. So chemistry lesson, uh, a lot of rain plus dirt equals mud. So yes, we warmed up in the mud. <laughs> we got there, it's pouring rain. And I remember the forecast, I was looking up the forecast and like the farmer's almanac or something. It was saying like there was like two tenths of an inch of rain that, that fell. It felt like more. It felt like a monsoon. Maybe that was because it was also 52 degree weather out there. So it was cold. It was wet. Everybody was miserable. So we get there. It's pouring rain. What do we do? Band parents start tossing out ponchos. Clear ponchos. Everybody put on a poncho. Who wants a poncho? Poncho, poncho, poncho. Woodwinds, keep your instruments on the bus. Otherwise, those things are going to get waterlogged. Brass, get your instruments. The, the warm-up was very... It was kind of a blur to me. I don't remember conducting much of it. <laughs> uh, the instructors usually held the warm-up together, and then we would get together for an ensemble, and then I would get to go up there and do my thing. Uh, we tried to stay as close to the sidewalk as possible. I remember there being a sidewalk somewhere, like next to the buses. They were, the UIL was very lenient about where you could warm up, just because they didn't want kids stuck in the mud out there. Uh, so I remember warming up next to the buses. I remember mud being kicked up on our shoes and on our cuffs, and our band parents were complete rock stars. I mean, anybody that's got to deal with me for an extended period of time should deserve a Medal of Honor or Medal of Freedom or something like that. But uh, anytime the rain would let up even a little bit, our band parents would bust out the Clorox wipes and start wiping down our shoes and wiping down our cuffs and then a couple of seconds later, when the rain would pick back up, all of their work would be for naught. But they was just lather, rinse, repeat. They just kept at it. They were true, true warriors then. Don't remember much of the warm-up. Brass played a little bit. Then it was like, okay, it's time to go. So we go over to so we we go over to the stadium. Now here's the thing. You're looking at the thumbnail right now. If you look to the left of where it says Floyd Casey Stadium near the bottom of the page, the, the bottom left, that is one of two ramps that led into Floyd Casey Stadium. In fact, I think that was one of the ramps that I think Baylor has a, 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 um, a tradition where they're, all their freshmen gather on the ramp and then they run onto the field to go all sit together or something like that. I think, I don't know, it's, it's, as far as I can remember, that's the tradition. So there's one of those ramps. Well, on the other side of that scoreboard was the ramp 
that we had to go down and that every band had to go down uh, to get to the field. I don't know much about geometry. I never really paid attention. Uh, probably should have. But those ramps felt like 45-degree angles when you pair it with the fact that it was still raining. We were crossing over those ramps like there were frozen lakes. I mean, baby steps. Everyone was afraid that they were going to slip and then just slide all the way down to the field. Like most stadiums, this thing is built into the ground. It's not a solid structure that starts, you know, the where the football field is actually on ground level. So, we get there. Start going down the, we start going down the ramp, we finally hit field level. We went on at about, gosh, I want to say we went on like at 12.15. If I remember correctly, we had to go on after LD Bell, who eventually got second, and we had to go on before Duncanville, who was the state champion that year. So between the silver medalist and the, cha the state champion that year, or I think it may have been reversed. Again, it was a long time ago. So in between the silver medalist and the state champion is your boy Daniel leading his... <laughs> <laughs> leading his his band of merry musicians down to the field. We looked on the field. And to keep in mind, this is halfway through the contest. There were only about 31, 32 programs that were performing that day. It was a very different time back then. The field, I remember looking at it, and I watched a lot of football. A lot of football. That looked like the end of a football game between two NFL teams. The field was completely chopped up. It, it, it was in rough shape. So I thought, okay, cool. I turned around to the program, and this is true. I turned around to my friends, and right before I called them to attention, I said, good technique, don't fall. I didn't take my own advice. <laughs> we go out onto the field. I go up. I go up to the podium. Now, yes, I was spoiled my senior year. I had a like 10 second oboe solo during my senior year. At the time, I would jump off the podium. It was in part three. I would jump off the podium. I would grab my wireless mic, hook up, play the thing, unhook, get back on the podium, and finish the movement. Uh, because it was raining, a lot of programs did not use their props. A lot of programs did not look to use their electronics. We chose to use the wireless system because the rain was letting up. It was letting up enough to where it wasn't going to cause much damage at all. And again, we didn't use all of our. We didn't use many of our props. There was like a trampoline that we would have that we used during the show, but we we cut that out because it would have been too dangerous. So, anyways, my instrument and my wireless mic were being held by an alternate who was holding it under his poncho. And he's kind of not on the, he's not on the actual field, like where the yard lines are. He's kind of off to the side of the pit, but it's still grass. Remember that. I get up to the podium. They call the next band, a conference by Winston Churchill Band, whatever. Call my name to do my salute. I turn around to my salute, and I had probably the most Twilight Zone moment of my life. Because when I turned around, I didn't see a single face in the crowd. I saw nothing but umbrellas. It was like a bad Twilight Zone episode where you woke up 
and you woke up in the land of umbrellas. Everybody's an umbrella. I didn't see a single face. I freaked out. I, I, and if I remember correctly, I remember smiling in the video like, oh, this is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> this is going to be a trip. Literally. <laughs> As I would find out later. So you do that thing. Start the show. Everything's good. I'm not seeing anybody really tumble or fall. Everybody's kind of doing what they need to do. And we sound decent considering it's raining outside and it's cold and everybody's instrument's cold. So, you know, all you music majors know when your instrument's cold, you usually tune a little bit flat. We go through the first movement, fine. Second movement, fine. Third movement. The field conductor, my assistant drum major, comes up to the podium. Her deal is to get onto the podium. She gets the tempo. Right after I start the third movement, she goes, okay, I got it. I jump down, I go to the instrument, I play my solo, we're good to go. So, I get up there, she gets up, she says, I got it. I jump down off the podium. I mean, I walk down on some steps onto the podium. Baylor University, that field, Floyd Casey Stadium, they had a track around the field, but it wasn't like a regular track and field thing. It was just like a slab of concrete that went around the stadium. Then you would hit the field. So I jumped down, and I'm splashing in puddles on the concrete. And for some reason, I decided to jog just to give myself enough time to hook up. Because little old me was like, <laughs> I got to play this thing on time or else we're not going to do good. I really wanted to make sure I had everything set, ready to go. I took two steps onto the grass. One, two, and I slipped and I fell directly on my butt. And it wasn't one of those Bugs Bunny cartoon things where you slip and you fly up in the air, you do two rotations and then you fall down. No. I took two steps and the next thing I remember, my butt hit the ground. On the video, I'm going to explain this later. On the video, you can hear the crowd gasp because they thought I was seriously injured. I wasn't. I was laughing. I thought it was hilarious. I went up to the alternate who was holding my inch. I got up off the ground. First thing was, that was embarrassing. Second thing was, is there mud on my butt? <laughs> Third was... Oh, crap, i got to play my solo. I go to the alternate. The alternate's laughing. He goes, hey, man, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I hook up, the inch I hook up my microphone. I play it. The speaker system was messed up, so it didn't sound very good. I give the instrument back. We finish the rest of the show. I didn't see very many people, if any, fall. Uh, so, yeah, I was, like, out of the you know, 200 kids we had running around the field that day for my program, the only person in my band to fall was me. The guy who literally only has to stand there the whole time. Doesn't have to move. Doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Can you see the pattern going on here? Anyways, we finished the show. Guess what? We got to go up those ramps again. There's one ramp going down. That's where you enter the field. And the other one's on the opposite side. Now we got to go up. And that's one of those things, your legs are tired, you're cold, you're probably getting the sniffles already. You had to take a running start to get that stuff up there. This is pit equipment too. We had to tell them to get, get a running start 
So the people that were trying to get off the field weren't just trying to beat the, you know, two-minute time limit or whatever. No, you needed the momentum to carry you all the way up there. And, of course, when it's raining and it's cold, everything seems exaggerated. So I'm running up there, and we're all laughing because we can't believe what we did. It was raining the whole time. Very few programs put on their plumes. I don't think we had plumes on that time. And keep in mind, this is back when, you know, everybody wore plumes. <laughs> now those things are just headgear is basically optional at this point. But back then it was like those plumes are expensive. So you don't want to, I mean, you can't get any sort of substance on that thing. So I don't even think we had those things. Cold, wet, soaking uniform running up there. We're all laughing. It was crazy. You're like, state finals was canceled. How did they determine placements? Here's what they did. And keep in mind, the field got worse and worse and worse when, uh, as the field, as the uh, contest went on. The Woodlands had their infamous taco tuba incident. And I'll go ahead and explain this real quick. The end of the Woodlands show, they have the tubas kind of running around the field. Uh, one of them slipped, fell. One of them slipped, fell on top of that guy. And then a third person slipped and landed on top of the sousaphone bell and crushed it. And I'm going to try to find a photo of that. Crushed the sousaphone bell. So for the last 30 seconds of the show, somebody, and I think I remember who the kid was, one of the sousaphone players for the Woodlands was walking around with a crushed sousaphone bell. It looked like a taco, hence the taco tuba incident. Yes, that actually happened. Field was horrible that day. And like I said, it got worse as the, as the day went on. How did they determine placements? Well, here's what they did. At the end of the contest, I noticed that they didn't call the, they usually call the drum majors, hey, we're doing a drum major retreat, please report to here. I don't remember if they told us to shelter in place or they told us, hey, drum majors don't do anything, but I just remember them not really saying anything about it, which I thought was odd. And I was hanging out with a couple of friends at the top of the stadium and, you know, we're just having a good time, just trying to wrap our minds around what the heck just happened. Final program finishes their, their show. After a couple of minutes, the announcer comes on. It says, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm paraphrasing here, ladies and gentlemen, the University Interscholastic League, due to inclement weather and poor field conditions and the, the safety considerations of the performers and, and the audience, University Interscholastic League has decided to cancel tonight's state finals contest. A cascade of boos came down. People, people understood why that decision was made, but they still wanted to see a contest. So everybody's freaking out. So now what do we do? Announcer comes back on. He goes, hey. Well, he doesn't go, hey, obviously. <laughs> if I was announcing it, it would be it. Okay. He goes, what we're going to do is we're going to take the top seven programs that would have made finals tonight, and we're going to use their prelim scores in order to determine placements. We're going to award a bronze medalist, a silver medalist, and we will certify a state champion. We're going to announce them in alphabetical order. If your band is called out, please send your drum majors down immediately for a drum major retreat. So we weren't called Winston Churchill through UIL. It was called just Churchill. Cool. So they call our names out pretty quickly. I'm running around. I'm high-fiving my friends and whatnot, giving people hugs. And then I'm at the top of the stadium. 
I already fell once today. <laughs> so it was time to carefully, and I remember holding the rail the entire time. I go all the way down to the field. I'm met by UIL officials. Who are you with? I'm with Churchill. Okay. Is there any other drum majors with you? And I realized, oh my goodness, where's where's my where's the other drum major? Sure enough, I turn around. She had just she had just shown up. I was like, okay, cool. She's here. We're accounted for. We get onto the field. We line up the seven programs from the seven drum majors from the programs. Then I realized something. I'm not wearing my uniform. <laughs> we didn't. We we didn't. Nobody knew what to do. They didn't call us to do a drum major retreat or anything like that. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> me being the proactive person, just kind of sat there waiting for somebody to tell me what to do. So half of us are in full uniform with plumes and everything. The other half, including myself, uh, are in uh, rain-soaked jeans and Letterman jackets. <laughs> They call out the placements, they go 7th, 6th, 5th, and then they call 4th. And we ended up getting 4th that year, which, considering everything that happened that day, it's pretty good. <laughs> we, uh, so we got that whole thing, they did the dis we, did the, 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 we did the break ranks, just the drum majors, shook everybody's hand, lots of hugs from people. You know, we had all been through the same thing. We all marched on an awful field. We all marched in the rain. You know, uh, you know, it was just a lot of camaraderie there. We go to the stands. I hand the fourth place trophy off to my friends. They hold that thing up as if they had won the state championship. It was, it was, it was, it really felt that good to, it, it felt that good at that contest. Then we jumped on the buses. We went and ate. We got home at like one or two o'clock in the morning. I don't remember if I went to school the next day. <sighs> the aftermath. <laughs> There's a reason why this contest is in the Alamo Dome now. <laughs> and I was responsible for that. Uh, that is something the UIL decided to do. They said, if we can move it indoors, we can do that. Alamo Dome said, come on down. We'll take your money. And that's what they did. Uh, I, if, I, if, if I remember correctly... During the director's meeting, before, they, before the directors even knew the announcements, before they could do what's called a verification period, uh, the, it was determined by all the directors, including everybody at the UIL, to not do a finals contest. It wasn't going to really rain during the finals contest, but the field was just so awful. And plus, a lot of programs, usually for UIL contests, you usually don't stay the night. I mean, back then, we usually didn't stay the night. You drove up that morning, you did your contest, and then you drove back that night. The roads all over the state were awful. You had kids that were, and you're driving on, you know, yellow buses. You're trying to get home. There was just a lot of safety concerns that were going beyond ones that were being addressed on the field. Uh, so the determination was to cancel finals before anybody knew what the finals placements would be. It wasn't one of those things where it was like, oh, well, we would have made finals here. Well, okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's see if we can get higher. No, it wasn't anything like that. UAL did what they could. <laughs> I commend them for that. Uh, and good, good on them for, you know, putting it in the Alamo Dome since then, you know, right immediately after that 2003 4A state contest, it was all in the Alamo Dome. Climate controlled, big bid barbecue, all that fun stuff. And you're asking yourself, where's the video? Here's the thing. Video exists, and it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist on the internet. It exists on VHS tape. 
Here's why you don't see a lot of these performances from State 2002 on the internet. Number one, not everybody had great performances that day. There were programs that had a lot of kids fall. Uh, so there's that. Number two, the company that made these videos is out of business. They got swallowed up in the whole copyright crusades in the mid-2000s. Uh, they essentially got shut down because they were about to be sued for a lot of money. Here's the thing that I think is keeping, from, is keeping these videos from leaking onto the internet. It was 52 degrees outside, and it was raining, and there's no cover at Floyd Casey Stadium, because wake up. A lot of band directors did not let their kids go back into the stadium after their prelims contest. They didn't want them getting sick. It makes total sense. So a lot of programs, and I know this for a fact, hint, hint, wink, wink, wasn't us, but another program that I was friendly with, uh, they, the directors told the kids to stay on the bus, or they would take them to the mall or something like that. They couldn't do anything. So the foot traffic around the video table where you would purchase your VHS tapes and DVDs, even DVDs, I don't even think they sold DVDs for this event because they were just they were so expensive to, to produce and, and, and purchase. I mean, keep in mind, this is a long time ago. So the foot traffic around the video table was considerably lighter than before. You know, you're a kid, you got, your parents give you money, give you a check or they give you cash They go, hey, go buy the videos. And then they didn't get the chance to do that because a lot of directors didn't let their kids back into the stadium until it was time to announce the awards. And then at that point, it was just chaos. The last thing, the last thing you're thinking of is, hey, we should get videos. So that's why a lot of people didn't get to purchase those things. And then even after the fact, the video company would not cut a finals edition like the seven programs that were the, like the top seven programs, they wouldn't do that. You could, you could purchase an individual band's DVD. You could purchase the DVD. You could, I'm sorry, VHS. You could purchase a tape by block. You could purchase the entire prelims contest. And of course, they had an option for finals contest, which didn't happen. So that's why you don't see those videos on there. You don't see too many of them. That's why you don't see my performance on there. I can't believe I've gone this long without this video leaking out on the internet and me falling on my butt. But alas, that's, that is, th that's how things are. I don't know, maybe one day somebody will upload it and you know, we'll all share a good laugh about it. Pretty crazy event. Uh, it was one of the craziest marching contests in the history of the activity. Just because everybody was under such adverse conditions. Here's the epilogue. Uh, None of us that day were thinking about placements. Nobody, nobody that day was thinking about placements. Nobody, nobody was thinking about placements that day. They were just thinking about, hey, I don't, they were thinking two things. Number one, don't fall. I failed that one. Number two, I just want to go out there and have fun. I see a lot of talk on the internet, and I hear a lot of talk in the stands about, well, we've got to beat this program. Why didn't we beat this program? We beat this program at this program, but this then for some reason we didn't get this, and I don't understand this. I understand the trophies and medals. I understand the scores, the placements. I understand finals, not finals. I understand all that stuff. But kiddos, if I have one message to give you, I went through one of the craziest marching contests ever. Not one time, not one performer that day was thinking about beating another program. They were just there to have fun and be safe. Don't forget that. 
everybody's got goals, everybody's got aspirations, everybody wants that everyone everybody wants that medal around their neck, everybody wants to hold that trophy high in the air. I get it. But kiddos do not do not the performance. Don't take that for granted. Don't take the time you have with your friends for granted. Because it's it's been a long time since that happened, since that fateful day. And I still tell the story. I still tell it like a badge of honor, even though it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. At some point, you just got to sit back, laugh, and you remember the good times. Because that's what it's all about. Don't forget about the performance. Don't forget about having fun with your friends. Now get the hell out of my house. <laughs> I'm done here. I think I covered everything, and if I didn't, I'm sorry. You know, I'll, maybe I'll address that through social media. Follow me at Dampod Valdrez on Instagram. Follow the TexasFans.com Facebook page. We've got lots of stuff coming up for the DCI season in the beginning of summer marching man in the state of Texas. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. You people humble me. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Adios. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble. <sighs> I'm exhausted. I need a nap. <laughs> I will talk to you all later. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for your support. Take care. Adios. Bye-bye.